You're listening to the Christian Life Issues for Today podcast series. We've been doing a series of podcasts on communication in the family. The overall title of this series was Your Family God's Way, with the subtitle How to Build Your Family God's Way, Relationships and Building Your Family God's Way by Way of Communication. This particular title, uh, this podcast begins with this statement. A few years back, our family had CB radios installed in our automobiles. We were doing a lot of long-distance driving, and we thought that CBs would be useful in case we had a breakdown and needed to call for help. They also proved a source of entertainment as we listened in on other CB operators' conversations. We would turn our radios on and hear something like this. This is Big Daddy calling anyone out there Anybody have their ears on? Sometimes another CBer would respond and a conversation would begin. At other times, there would be no response. Either no one had his ears on or everyone was like us and didn't know how to speak the specialized CB language. In the world of CBs, Communication is a two-way direct communication. To really uh, communicate, it takes not only speaking, but listening properly. Well, that's no different in family communication. The listener is just as important as the speaker. The importance of being a good listener can hardly be overstated when it comes to family communication or any other kind of communication as far as that's concerned. You've got to be a good listener as well as a good speaker in effective communication. Scripture says of God the Father, His eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. And then it says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord gave attention and heard what they were saying. Well, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save is what that scripture says. Neither are his ears so dull that he cannot hear. That's First Peter chapter 3 and verse 12 and Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16 and Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 11. Good listening is attributed to our Lord Jesus Christ as well as God the Father. 
The previous verses had to do with God the Father, but the Bible also tells us of Jesus that, behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, neither his ear so dull that it cannot hear. That's First Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. Good listening is certainly true of our Lord Jesus Christ. He hears everything that we're saying if we are coming to him as believers. And the Father says to Jesus, the Son, that all things have I heard from my Father, that's Jesus speaking, and the Father is talking to the Son, and I have made them known to you. John 15 and verse 15. So we can be sure that God the Father hears and also that Jesus Christ hears. All things that I have heard from my Father, Jesus said, I've made known to you. And what's more, that we're turning to the Gospels, the Gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we find out that Jesus says, everything the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. Wherever you turn in the Gospels, you find that when people talked, Jesus was always attentive, whether they were old or young, rich or poor, educated or ignorant, male or female, Jesus listened. He always, in CB language, had his ears on. Scripture portrays the Holy Spirit in the same way. Jesus told his disciples, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. But when he, the Spirit, of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. That's John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. You might want to look those verses up. Note how Jesus highlighted the extraordinary listening ability of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit heard every word that Jesus said to his disciples. And whatever he hears, the Bible says he will speak. The fact that our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, the fact that they are good listeners should really be important to us. The three persons of the Trinity listen carefully to each other. Amazingly, they listen to us as well. The Bible says 
this truth is so important. And we know from that that this truth is so important and it should absolutely astound us because of what God is and who we are. That God listens to us, mortal human beings, and listens to what we say is amazing because he already knows what we're going to say before we say it. The Bible says, even before there is a word on our tongues, God already knows what we're going to say. The Bible says, God speaking, you do know it all. God knows everything. Psalm chapter 139 and verse 4. God doesn't need to listen to us to get information or to understand us. He already knows everything perfectly, yet he patiently listens to us. What a challenge and what an example for us. The Apostle Paul exhorts us to imitate God in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. And if listening is important to God, it should be important to us as his children. Well, what's involved in this matter of being a good listener? Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 2 encourages us to put our ears on and carefully listen to what is being said, especially listening with our ears and with our hearts. The ear represents the outer man, our body. The heart represents the inner man. To listen well, according to God, means making our whole self, outer and inner, attentive to what's being said. In several places in the book of Proverbs, God instructs us to incline our ears and hear. That's in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 1, Proverbs 22, verse 17. It's as if God were saying, when you're listening, lean forward. Put your hand behind your ears and bend them toward the speaker. Just give the person who's speaking your full attention. To insist that God means that we must literally cup our ears is perhaps pressing the point too far, but certainly we are to Give people our full attention. Read that chapter in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 2. Several verses in Proverbs chapter 2 give us a picture of someone leaning forward and really paying attention to what's being said. In other words, we need to literally cup our ears, perhaps, 
or at least make sure that our ears are pointed toward the person who's speaking. We're to give people our full attention. The acronym SOLAR, S-O-L-E-R, can help us remember the physical aspects of good listening. The S in the word SOLAR reminds us of the importance of a squared stance, or squared stance looking toward that person with our bodies as well as with our ears. When listening, don't turn your side or back to the person who's attempting to communicate with you. By facing the speaker, you are indicating what you're saying is really important to me. Well, the letter O in the word solar stands for open stance. A closed stance communicates, I'm not going to let you get close to me. I want to keep you at a distance. In an open stance, the listener relaxes his arms, heads, and shoulders as if to say, I am here to receive whatever you want to communicate. You have access to me. Well, the the letter L in our acrostic solar reminds us that a good listener leans slightly forward. He leans slightly forward when someone else is talking. By doing this, he's communicating, I really want to make sure I hear everything that you have to say. And then there's the letter E in the acrostic solar, and that stands for eye contact. A good listener looks right at the other person and avoids giving the impression that he's in a hurry or that his thoughts are elsewhere. And then the letter R in the acrostic solar calls our attention to a relaxed posture. This tells the speaker that the listener is not nervous, ill at ease, or impatient, and sets the speaker himself more at ease. So you got to listen with the outer man, and then you listen with the inner man. Being all there in a physical sense is a fundamental requirement for good listening. Being all there in an emotional, mental, and psychological sense with the inner man is also necessary. So the inner man and the outer man are involved in good listening. And they have to listen with the mind, as we'll see more fully later in our podcast. The Bible makes a clear distinction between hearing and hearing. According to Scripture, you may hear with your ears, but not really hear at all. This occurs when you listen merely with the outer man and not with the inner man. Accurate knowledge and an understanding of people requires listening with the mind as well as the body. That's Proverbs chapter 
18 and verse 15. You must listen with your emotions. A good listener practices the admonition of Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, which says that we're to focus on the other person and rejoice with the other person and weep with the other person if they're saying something that is sad to them. A good listener strives to feel or at least understand what the other person is feeling as well as what the other person is saying. We have no good basis for responding to what they're saying until we, at least to some extent, have begun to feel what they're feeling. When we respond to people without investing the time and effort to sympathize, our relationships and communication will be shallow. People will conclude that we neither understand nor do we care. I've marveled at the powerful impact the Apostle Paul had on people as I read the New Testament. The New Testament is replete with examples of people whose lives were radically changed through their relationship with the Apostle Paul. As I've read of how Paul influenced others, I wondered what made him so successful. Ultimately, I know that God the Holy Spirit chose to use him in an unusual way. And so Paul could plant and Paul could water, but it was God who gave the increase. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Now that seems to indicate that people were drawn to the Apostle Paul and his ministry because he was a man who related to them with his whole person, with the outer man and inner man. In Luke's account of Paul's ministry at Ephesus, you have one of the many biblical passages that portray him, that is Paul, as someone who identified with God's people while he was with them. He was there physically because he was there bodily with, where they lived. But he experienced what they experienced emotionally as well. The Bible indicates he suffered with them and for them. Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 18 and verse 19. He served the Lord and them with all humility and with great compassion. He listened as well to their verbal and to their nonverbal communication, so that he was frequently moved to tears. You read of him being moved to tears in his epistles. He took their burdens and problems seriously. No one could accuse the Apostle Paul of having a distant, uncaring, trite, or insensitive listening 
composure. No, no one could say, but Paul, you don't understand. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 18, and Acts chapter 20, verse 31. Now, Paul's model for good listening was Jesus. Three days after the death of Lazarus, Jesus made the journey to Bethany, where Lazarus had lived. That's John chapter 11, verses 1 through 44. And as he approached the town where Lazarus lived and died, Mary, Lazarus's sister, came to him. The Bible indicates that she fell down at his feet, sobbing uncontrollably, crying out in anguish, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's John chapter 11, verse 32. At this point, Jesus already knew it was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He could have said, Mary, get up off the ground. Stop weeping. Don't grieve over what has happened because I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. It happened otherwise, though. It says, the Bible says, that Jesus carefully listened to Mary with his whole person, his body, his intellect, and his emotions. And the scriptures say that as he listened to her, he wept. John chapter 11, verse 35. Only then, having taken the time to identify with Mary, did he go on to raise Lazarus from the dead. In his attempt to help Mary, Jesus didn't ignore or invalidate what she felt. He knew that he was going to raise raise Lazarus from the dead. And so there was real no real need for Mary's tears. And yet he let her cry and then even wept with her. What an example of really listening to another person. Families often violate this principle of good listening. As we listen to another family member, our intellect may tell us that he has no valid cause for what he is thinking or feeling. When a child expresses irrational fears, parents often jump in quickly and explain why his fears are unfounded. When a wife is anxious or upset about a situation, many a husband hurriedly responds with what he considers incontrovertible evidence for the foolishness of her concerns. There is incontrovertible evidence for the foolishness of each of her concerns to him, and so he fails to listen carefully with the inner man as well as the outer man. Many a husband hurriedly responds with what he considers incontrovertible evidence for the foolishness of each of his wife's concerns. Incontrovertible evidence 
for the foolishness of what she's saying and even feeling. Incontrovertible evidence for the foolishness of what he considers to be unsubstantiated emotional expressions on the part of his wife. Many a husband hurriedly responds with what he considers to be a response to her foolish concerns. He responds in such a way that communicates to her she has no reason, no basis for being excited. And so when a family member gets excited about an opportunity or activity in which he sees no value, then it's easy for him to prick that person's balloon of enthusiasm. Certainly there's a time for using logic, a time for giving explanations and corrections, a time for showing why certain feelings and responses are unfounded. In general, though, we much better prepared to offer words of wisdom to the other person if we've taken the time to listen with our inner man as well as the outer man. Good listening doesn't come naturally to many people, but the Bible commands it. The Bible says, make your ear attentive. That's Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 2. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 17, incline your ear and hear. And Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20 says, listen to counsel. Let yourself be quick to hear and slow to speak. Be slow to speak and slow to anger, says James chapter 1 and verse 19. The fact that we're commanded to listen indicates that doing so sometimes requires discipline. At times we may be so weary or preoccupied that we just don't feel like listening. And then we'll need to exercise self-control pull in the reins of our minds and make ourselves pay attention to other people. I've been in nursing home parlors where the residents have sat facing a television set with the volume turned to the maximum. But if I were to ask what program they were watching, they would say that they don't know what program they're watching because they had allowed their minds to wander. Their minds were adrift, even though their bodies might be there. Such inattentiveness, however, is not limited to nursing homes. In fact, you probably allowed your mind to drift when another family member has talk to you, perhaps because the subject wasn't of much interest to you. 
Sometimes we tune out others when they say something with which we strongly disagree. That's when the temptation to not listen occurs. A husband may say something and the wife may not pay attention or the wife is saying something and it's important to her, but it's not important to her, him. And so his attempt to not listen or at least to ignore what she's saying becomes very strong. A husband may need self-control to listen when his wife wants to discuss his insensitivity or his wastefulness. A wife may need discipline when her husband wants to communicate to his wife about their sex relations or about her parents. Careful listening in the midst of volatile parent-child conflicts can take great effort. It's hard to really listen at those times and easy to do or say something destructive when you allow your emotions to take over. That's why James tells us that we must be swift to hear, quick to hear, and slow to anger. That's James chapter 1 and verse 19. James knew that once you've lost your control of your emotions, you've also lost your capacity to hear what the other person is saying. Your unrestrained emotions will cloud your ability to receive and to rightly interpret spoken words. When someone corrects, rebukes, or criticizes you, everything in you may cry out for a quick and forceful response. Well, no wonder I'm late. You never help with the children. The wife may respond when she's angry. You never lift a finger to help with the dishes or clean up the house. A wife may say to her husband, you think I'm inconsiderate? You don't like me being irritable? Maybe I'd be more considerate if you only listen to me. You don't like me being irritable. Well, I'd be more considerate and less prone to be annoyed if you would only listen. I know I shouldn't be as moody as I am, and I wouldn't be if you just listened. When you think you're misunderstood, you may feel like cutting the speaker off and saying, you've got it all wrong. This is the way it really is. You may have a strong desire to attack the other person by pointing out his mistakes. At such time, listening with the outer and inner man or being quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger will require discipline and self-control. 
During an early counseling session with Sam and Sue's family, it struck me that Sam didn't listen very well. He did 80% of the talking and very little listening. When I would direct questions to other family members, Sam would cut in and he would answer for the other family members. Sam would add details or finish their thoughts for them. He dominated the flow of speech throughout the whole session, even attempting to control the topics that we considered. As the session came to a close, I asked them, is what happened today representative of your family communication? Each person agreed that it was. I didn't tell them at that point why I asked the question, but since I had taped the session, I indicated that I wanted them to go home, listen to the tape, and evaluate the way they communicated with each other. Listen to what is said, how it's said, who does most of the talking, and notice anything of relevance to the way your family communicates. And anything of relevance in terms of how people listen or how people respond. And then next week, I want you to come back and tell me what you learned from listening to the way you talked in the session. Well, they came back having listened to what was said, how it was said, and who did most of the talking, and noting anything of relevance to the way their family communicated. They came back, and they told me what they had learned. I asked them what they had learned in the next session. Characteristically, Sam was the first to respond. I noticed that he talked more than anyone else. In fact, he recognized that. I talked more than anyone else. And he also observed that uh, sometimes he interrupted other people in the family and he would add to what they were saying because he thought they had not explained it carefully and sufficiently. He was the first to respond. And then he said, I observed that sometimes uh, I interrupted other people. He was honest about this. Or I added to what they were saying. And then his wife Sue followed and she said, in our family we do a lot of talking, but... I seldom get to talk about the things I want to discuss. We usually talk about what 
is of interest to Sam. I'm a good listener. I'm ready to hear whatever Sam has to say. I picked that up from listening to the tape of the counseling session. In our family, we do a lot of talking, but I seldom get to talk about the things I want to discuss. We usually talk about what interests Sam. And then we listen to what Sam has to say. And then she said, I consider things important, but Sam doesn't want to talk about those things. I wish he would pay attention to me when I want to talk. When I want to talk to him about matters I consider important. I've given up trying to communicate with him about a lot of things. He either cuts me off and pontificates about what I should do or what I should not do, or he gives me the impression that I'm wasting his time and talking to him about things that are not important. And if I just be quiet and we would talk about the things that are really important, the things which were of concern to him. Well, Sam's poor listening habits violated many biblical directives and proved to be a great detriment to constructive family relationships. He not only evidenced insensitivity, but also impressed a and expressed a subtle form of selfishness and pride. It is pride that says, make sure you draw attention to yourself. Choose the topics that you want to discuss. But don't be that concerned about what other family members may want to talk about. It's your problems and your concerns that are most serious. They're more serious than the concerns of others. Take every opportunity to tell people who you know, how much you know, what you've accomplished. Everyone will be interested in a rehearsal of your perspectives and your achievements. Humility, humility doesn't behave that way. Humility is diametrically opposed to that kind of thinking and that kind of communication. You must appreciate and listen to the counsel of others. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 says that. You must respectfully hear what others have to say before you give your opinion or your particular concerns about certain issues. That's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2. Look it up and see how that's exactly what it says. Listen. 
to the opinions of others. Refrain from drawing the conclusion or giving counsel until you've really listened carefully to the other person. That's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 13. And then good listening means you recognize that your viewpoint on an issue may be biased because it's based on insufficient data or it's colored by selfish interests. That's Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 17. Look it up and see exactly what it says. It may be based upon insufficient data. Listen carefully as you consider the insights and perspectives of other people. That's Proverbs chapter 16. Or rather, Proverbs 20, chapter 26 and verse 12. And then another important facet of good listening is that you must be swift to hear, quick to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's James chapter 1 and verse 19. Listening is a way of serving other people. And so many of the things that go on in communication indicate whether somebody is proud and selfish or humble and genuinely caring. So good listening is a way of esteeming others to be better than yourself, as Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 tell us.